Defenders of Freedom with your hosts, Matt Wright and Mohammed Shaker. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. For Muhammad the Machine Shaker, I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. How you doing? Uh, how dare you call me that? <laughs> You're supposed to be between I, our group of friends. I told you last night I was going to. Oh my god, I can't believe you, dude. <laughs> First and foremost, and as always, we would like to thank... Low Tide Kava Bar. For the kava, we are going to be drinking throughout this episode. <laughs> so let's do a quick shells up. Shells up. Bula. Bula. Happy one day after St. Patty's Day to all of you out there and to yourself. Kiss me, I'm Egyptian. Right. And kiss me, I'm a mutt of many different nationalities. No, no, you're German. I don't actually know if that's true or not, so I can't even deny it. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) So, uh, how'd your week go so far? My week has been good. It's been, it was a busy week, but uh, it's been really good. How about you? Uh, It's been, uh, it's been going pretty well, you know, same as every other week over the last two months. Uh, Put many patients to sleep, you know, played with their buttholes, stuff like that. It's pretty awesome. And by put to sleep, do you mean like euthanized them? Uh, no, no, uh, anesthesia. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, uh, I, I put I put the animals to sleep before I play with their buttholes. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. That's uh, fair. Yeah. Let's, well, you know, that's the only way to really do it. Yeah, you know, because they bark too loud, too much, you know, no thanks. <laughs> you are so twisted. <laughs> There's something seriously wrong with my co-host. <laughs> hey, man. You picked me. <laughs> Technically, oh. you picked me. Oh, yeah, that's right. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man. So, um, seen any movies this week? Uh, yeah, I did. I, uh, I saw Kong Skull Island, and it was that movie is intense. That movie is so intense. It is that movie. It, that's not going to be like an Oscar winner or anything like that, but good God, is it fun. Actually, um, I saw something uh, this morning that one of my friends posted. I don't remember who. Um, and I was interested in the answer, but I don't think he answered it or anybody answered it because I didn't see any uh, notifications on my Facebook. But I thought I'd ask you because you might know. Um, he posted this picture and he asked, guess the movie. Um, and here's a little graphic for you to see. Uh, it says the budget was $40 million, mm-hmm. and the box, o- the box office uh, was $739 million. Uh, I'm sorry. No, that's not a million. My bad. $739,696. What movie is that? Do you know? The budget was $40 million, Yeah. And it made $739,000. Yeah. There was no time frame on it, so I'm not sure what that means, but that looks like a... Even like a, a day one release, that's like really weak. I mean, that's awful, no yeah. matter what it is. Yeah. Um, if I had to guess, is it something that just came out? 
I, I don't know. He just, I wish I could, I really wish I could tell you. Um, I did see it. I just thought I'd ask you. If I had to guess, it's The Great Wall. The what's, Which one's The Great Wall? What is that about? Uh, it's the Matt Damon movie about the Great Wall of China and monsters or something. Huh. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. It, Probably why. <laughs> right. It, it, it was a movie that was supposed to, Matt Damon chose doing that movie instead of doing Manchester by the Sea, which Casey Affleck ended up winning the Academy Award for Best Actor for. Yeah. And he Matt, was doing it for his best friend, man. Ba- well, basically, he was like, hey, little brother of my best friend, take this role. It's a great role, but I want to do this monster Great Wall movie instead. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Jimmy Kimmel made fun of him about it <laughs> a lot at the Oscars. You know, politics aside, I, fr- I freaking love that bromance that they have. Oh, like, yeah, they're absolutely. Really, they're really good friends, man. Yeah, and they have been for so long. Ever, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think they met each other in elementary school or something like that. Yeah. Which I think is just so cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. I mean, we might have the same thing going on one day. Um, Except I mean, we met when I was 32. Six or no, something. I know, yeah, yeah, because I remember you, you like going to Costco, AARP, stuff like that. Right, screw you. <laughs> I do like going to Costco, and anybody who says they don't is either a nine year old. Actually, there is no nine year old, <laughs> there is actually no other answer. <laughs> now, I'm not a rich white person, but I know what Costco is. Um, do they do like the free samples, like well, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, Sam's, Sam's Club? Club? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I wish I was white. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I see a lot of your people there. So <laughs> no, no, no. If they're wearing man dresses, they're on, they're tourists from the, the Emirates or something. Gotcha. Definitely not Egyptians. We're poor people. Costco's not that ex- It's 55 bucks a year. Well, still. Right. I mean, it's not, <laughs> it's not an expensive membership to have. That is $5 more than Sam's Club. And, well, okay. Um, <laughs> but I did find out that recently that if you are not a Sam's Club or a Costco member, you can go to their uh, pharmacy, you can go to their eye doctor, and you can go to their little restaurant thing. Oh, and use all the services? And use those services. That's pretty. That, at, that's at the, a good business At move. Costco prices. Yeah. And Costco, I don't know if this is still true. I read this a few years ago. But Costco is the third largest pizza distributor in the United States. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. I've never had their pizza, but... Wait, wait. When you, when you went to Costco, though, uh, seriously, uh, what, did you get some kind of ice thing done? I Well, I didn't get some... I got an eye exam and then... Oh, just an eye exam? I got an eye exam and then I got contacts... Oh. And uh, I have new glasses on the way as well. Well, also seriously, um, so I wasn't wrong when I said it doesn't matter what eye doctor you went to. So it doesn't matter if you thank the eye doctor there. And our friend Jenna agrees. <coughs> Just saying. Okay, what I was saying, my eye doctor is at Costco. So you're right. It doesn't matter which one. Yeah. I was excited about going so I could be able to see better. Yeah, that's like me being excited to go to Bowling Green, Kentucky and walking into Rand Paul's office, and then I, I go on net, uh, my Facebook and say, thanks to Rand Paul, my vision is twenty thirty compared to what? Like, who cares? It's He's an eye doctor. Right. But would you... Okay, so if your vision's twenty thirty one, get a better eye doctor. 
Because you want that 2020. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not 2030. Yeah. Um, but would you not be excited to be able to see better? I'd be excited to see Rand Paul. Okay. Well, imagine it's any other eye doctor except for Rand Paul. That's my point. Right. But aren't you excited to be able to see better? Well, yes. Uh, part of the reason I started wearing um, vision glasses is uh, it's kind of two things. Uh, the first one being that... Um, when I worked for uh, the Leadership Institute as a field representative, you know, in Alabama and Mississippi, roll tide, um, <laughs> I, um, I had a lot of near misses because uh, I drove a lot, like every day. Um, right. And um, I had a lot of near misses on the highways <laughs> because, like, I couldn't see well. And, like, I was way overdue for glasses. Um, so when I came back, and this was, I think this was before I met you or really... Um, before I left, um, the Hatters community and like branched out to the other Kava bars, um, I would sit in that, you know, dark Kava bar and I'd look across to the other side of the bar and I'd see some, you know, girls coming in and sitting down and it would freak me out that, um, I wouldn't know if they were looking at me or not. Um, and I couldn't even tell if they were hot or not. So I'd have to ask somebody beside me, like my friend Chris or something. I'm like, Chris, is she hot? You know? And he'd be like, yeah. Or something would be like, uh, no dude. So that's why I got glasses, you know, like got to make sure you can tell if the girl's hot or not. Oh, absolutely. And then no, I can see her left hand. Yeah. Yeah. I got them. I, I got glasses when I was 13 or 14 and I got them so I could read because my last name starts with a W. Yeah. Obviously. Um, and whenever teachers would assign you seats, they always did it alphabetically. So I was always in the back, so I couldn't read the chalkboard. Okay. Rosa Parks. (laughs) (laughs) People with later alphabet beginning (laughs) names for the front of the class. Um, (laughs) yeah, but since I was a W I was always in the back of the class. And so I couldn't read the chalkboard. Um, for a long time, I didn't want to admit that I couldn't see because I didn't want glasses because I didn't want to get picked on by people because in, in my head still at the time, if you wore glasses, you uh, were the nerd. Yeah. And I didn't want to be that. <laughs> let me let me see your uh, Magic the Gathering cards. Yeah, that wasn't a thing back then. Oh, yeah. God, you're so old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that kind of came. That's around. the oldest. That's the oldest trading card game. I, there's nothing else I can say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't want to admit it. And then we went out to get my, I finally broke down to my parents. And I was like, Hey, I need glasses. And they were like, Oh, I think you want them just cause you want to look cool. And I, in my what? head, I'm going, <laughs> I don't think that's an actual no. thing. Um, but my dad took me to Costco to oh get my glasses. My, the first pair of glasses I ever had were made by Nintendo. That's not a joke. They said Nintendo. I would have those glasses forever. (laughs) (laughs) They don't still make glasses, I think, because I've never heard of them making glasses. I I couldn't believe it. I was like, yeah, I've got Nintendo. I remember there was this guy that I was in school with, uh, Chris Zevodowski, and he was like, we were talking about glasses, and I told him that I was embarrassed that my glasses were made by Nintendo, and he goes, 
it's not like you have little Mario's and Luigi's screwing each other on the sides. <laughs> <laughs> Just as Nintendo, who cares? Yeah. I, like, yeah, I guess that's actually a decent point, but yeah. <laughs> at the same time, I'm like, it still says Nintendo right there, <laughs> but my dad would not let me pick out my glasses. Yeah. He, uh, I wanted like some sort of hip, cool glasses and he, did not want me to be hip or cool, apparently. Oh, God. So I had, like, they were like aviators, but they were clear. Like, you know, obviously they were clear because they're glasses, but they were clear. And they, were, they people compared them to the glasses that George H.W. Bush wore <laughs> when he was president. Yeah. And like, so I had the shaved head. I had really bad buck teeth <laughs> and a mouth guard and roll tie <laughs> and these George Bush a- aviator glasses. And from that point on, I just realized I was never going to be all that attractive. And it wasn't until later in life. I got contacts when I was in 10th grade. I think um, I got contacts when I was in 10th grade. And after that, I was like, okay, well you're not, terrible looking i guess yeah and then as i got older i started to find something called self-esteem and now i have it in abundance yeah for those of us uh listening to us um uh, you, you probably know us or seen us on facebook but if anybody uh has somehow discovered this show uh let me tell you this matt is actually a, a beautiful man that's true. I yeah. Am. Yeah. That's why, not, that's why I picked him to do a podcast. That's also true. Yeah. So you guys can listen and not see his face. Right. Even though we put our pictures on each and every episode. <laughs> <laughs> but no, man, that's uh, that's, uh, oh, it's an interesting story, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> That that's one of those like childhood trauma stories yeah. of like just pure embarrassment that you had to live with for years. Yeah. I remember a couple of years later, uh, one of my contacts had ripped and I didn't want to wear my glasses. So I was only wearing one contact Ouch! and my parents were like, no, you need to get your other contact. You have to schedule the appointment. And I was like, okay. And they said, until then you have to wear your glasses. Yeah. And I did not want to do that. Mm-hmm. So in the mornings I would wear my glasses to school and as soon as I got yeah. there, I would take them off and put the one good contact <laughs> in. Yeah. And I would just wear the one contact through school. And then at the end of the day, I would go home and because my parents were at work. And before 5 o'clock, I would take it out and put the awful, <laughs> awful sunglasses. The bush glasses. The awful regular glasses, not even sunglasses, on. Or I would just go around without glasses, not being able to really see. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, do you like space stuff? I No, by space stuff I mean like sciencey stuff. Sure. Do you know what black matter is? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, cuz uh like this uh this week I read an article and I'm not a scientist, but I have been watching a lot of um I really enjoy uh astronomy. Um but I was watching or oh, I read so I, there's a show called um it's called SciShow, um, and uh, whatchamacallit, um, I've been watching a lot of their videos. They talk about the solar system, the planets, 
distant galaxies, um, how the uh, universe formed. Just it's a lot of different, um, you know, topics that they talk about. Well, like this week, uh, they also talk about black matter. Uh, there's also one by PBS. It's called uh, Space Time, I think, um, which I guess is a pretty cool. Um, you know, name, space time, space time continuum, space and time. But yeah, the article was talking about how distant that they've, they're observing distant galaxies at the edge of the observable universe that we can see. And they see that um, distant galaxies that are running away from us basically are slowing down. And they think that there is less black matter at the edge of the universe than previously thought, which is a lot different than what you would usually expect because they just thought they thought that they thought that black matter was just everywhere and that's why the galaxy is expanding at a faster rate than the speed of light. You know, that's why they say we can never reach any other galaxy because if you can reach the speed of light, even then you'll never get to where you need to go because uh, the galaxies are going faster than the speed of light because black matter like has like um, they don't know they don't know anti-gravitational properties you know um, but it is really interesting they they think they so they say that these distant galaxies are slowing down in speed at the edges compared to galaxies more at the center of the universe that are still going at a faster rate so they don't know what's going on but it's going to be pretty interesting to. You know, see what goes on with that. I don't know. I, I really like astronomy. I, I watch like a few astronomy videos like every night as I'm going to sleep. Um, yeah. yeah, my when I was enrolling for my freshman year at George Mason University. Um, you went to George Mason? I, I Oh, I think you told me this. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I went to George Mason for a short period of time. That's awesome, though. It's yeah. a good school. I went there for economics. Yeah, that, that's a, they have a good program there. They got a really good program. Yeah, I think... Um, Walter Williams is there. Yeah, yeah. and what's the name of that? It, they have an institute there. I forget what it's called. And they have an institute that's all about free markets. I think that's the one Walter Williams is at, actually. Yeah. Like, he te- yeah. Anyways... Yeah, so I needed a science course for my freshman year, and I enrolled in uh, astronomy. And then I took a few classes of astronomy. Oh, wow, yeah. And I found out astronomy is a lot more math than just learning where the stars are. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I dropped. That's astrology. <laughs> right? and, like, I've always been interested in stars. Like, I, you know, like I love the, um, you know, I, I love the constellations. I love all of, like, I love all of that. And I always can, you know, like I look up and I'm like, okay, well, there's Venus, there's Mars on the good day, you know, there's Jupiter or whatever. And I was always like, just really into it. And then I took this class and it was, yeah, uh, if you take this and divide it by this and then you can figure out the distance between. And I was like, uh-uh. Oh, yeah, it's calculus. And yeah, yeah. I was bullshit, like, no, I'm, I'm not into this. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, just, good. I just wanted to learn about stars and <laughs> that's kind of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Well, speaking about stars, uh, let's speak about uh, our first topic here, the star of the show. He's not, but I, 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 that's my segue, okay? <laughs> that's an awful segue. I don't even know how you're getting there. Well, he's a star to me. Aren't there stars on the North Korean flag? Yep. He, that's a topic, too. Right. Oh, well, oh, which one are you talking about? I don't know. We're talking about Rex Tellerson, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, great guy. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy. What a, what a fantastic person Rex Tillerson is. So our secretary, our secretary of state, Rex Tillerson. Mm-hmm. He uh, this week, yesterday, I believe it was either yesterday or the day before. Yeah, he went into South Korea, and he was very, very close to the North Korean border. Mm-hmm. And he said that the North Koreans need to dismantle their nuclear program or the 64-year ceasefire of the Korean War will come to an end. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, let's, so, let's finish the war then, so we're, that's one less war going on. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're living in a great time in history now where there's a lot less war going on. No, we like we actually we we actually are not. We, we actually we're living always, in one of the most peaceful times yeah, in history. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Rex Tillerson apparently does not like that very much. Yeah, yeah. He said that the that the uh, military option against uh, North Korea is on the table after those um, peaceful missiles missile strikes that North Korea conducted. Right. <laughs> Those wonderfully peaceful missile strikes. Yeah, yeah. Which reminded me of uh, something I had read in um, uh, one of my favorite books. It's called uh, Swords into Plowshares, which, believe it or not, is also a... Who uh, wrote that? Uh, <laughs> Ron Paul. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and Swords into Plowshares, for anybody that is wondering, is also a card... Uh, it's a white card uh, with uh, in Ma- within Magic the Gathering. It's a great card. Um, continuing on with the politics, um, <laughs> uh, Ron Paul ha- was talking. About, I, uh, sorry, guys, I, I dip. Um, <laughs> that's a lot. If you hear a pause on this show, I'm spitting somewhere. Well, in a bottle. Um, so Ron Paul, he was talking about how um, when he was younger, uh, he had a teacher. Um, when he was in high school, this teacher was a uh, combat veteran of World War II, uh, survived World War II, and the Korean War had um, had started while he was in high school, and his teacher again was drafted to go to Korea, and his teacher died over in Korea, and that, uh, from what he says in the book, this was early in the book. Um, he says that, that that was basically like one of his turning points in in thinking about uh, war, you know, the way he does today. Like what 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 is it good for, you know? <laughs> like the song, you know. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, absolutely nothing. But yeah, um, what's what is so what's so sexy about war? What's so romantic about it? Why is it so necessary for? us to be involved in so many wars. Why did, why did his, uh, teacher, which I said teacher, I think he was actually a, his coach. Um, but yeah, what his, his coach, you know, been through two wars and then died in that second one. What was the point? And that's always the question, I guess, that a lot of, um, uh, anti-war people ask even, uh, our great president, Dwight Eisenhower, um, was one of the most anti-war presidents that we've ever had, at least with his quotes. And he's always been anti-war. You know, like, uh, I guess being a general has not, being in the military has nothing to do with if you're anti-war or not. Cause someone had questioned me on that. Well, he was Supreme Allied Commander, World War II, Korea, blah, blah, blah. But that has nothing to do with it. You know, in my opinion, I can divorce, uh, being a serviceman and being a politician. That's definitely two different things. Um, 
But um, we're still answering that question today. And now uh, uh, Secretary Tillerson is threatening um, war, you know, like it's, it's called brinksmanship. Have you ever heard of it? I've heard the word, but I've never actually heard it used in yeah. any sort of real yeah, yeah, yeah. conversation. I, I only read it. I read about brinksmanship when I, I was reading about, you know, obviously being Egyptian and being into politics and military history and all that. I, I was reading about the 1973 Yom Kippur War or October War, whatever. And... Um, uh, Egyptian president. Uh, he was a second president after Gamal Abdel Nasser. Um, he's the one that led the uh, military revolution in Egypt, the socialist. It was lightly socialist military revolution in Egypt. Uh, ousted the monarchy and uh, install, installed himself as president after he put the actual first president on house arrest um, till he died. Um, Gamal Abdel Nasser, after him you had uh, Anwar Sadat. And Anwar uh, was great at brinksmanship. He's also the one that was assassinated by uh, Islamic radicalists for uh, making peace with the uh, state of Israel. And I don't remember his name. The Israeli prime minister that also made peace with Egypt with Anwar was also killed by Jewish extremists for making peace with Egypt. It's pretty sad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Anwar was really good at brinksmanship. So after um, 1967, that was a six-day war, when Israel took over um, the Golan Heights in Syria, uh, uh, most Palestinian lands, and the Sinai Peninsula, which is it's part of Asia and, and it's in Egypt. Um, he would... Um, well, I'm sorry. There was uh, a few years of a, a war of attrition, basically, where it was just very small skirmishes back and forth between Israeli and Egyptian forces. And leading up to the war, Anwar started building up large military troop movements and just buildups along the border, uh, forcing the Israelis to call up reservists, um, uh, kick up. Um, I'm sorry. Kick up their uh, their their war machine, and then he would st- and then he would just disperse them, stand down, whatever, which would force Israel Israel to do the same thing. And he did th- he did this for months, and um, uh, that's what made the Egyptian offensive against Israel in those opening days of the war so successful. Um, because he did it again up to Yom Kippur, which is one of the most holy days in, uh, uh in the Jewish religion. Uh, they fast for a whole day, you know, and when right. Jews fast, it's like, it's worse than when Muslims fast. Like, I know we do it for a month, you know, from, uh, sun up till sundown. Sure. They fast for like the whole day and you can't do any work and you'd have to ask a Jewish person on, depending on their sect, like what that actually means, you know? Um, I do. I you know I've got um, a Jewish friend back in Virginia that I mean I have them everywhere, but I've got a Jewish friend back in Virginia that I remember going to school with, and I remember on Yom Kippur and a couple other of the Jewish uh, during a couple other of the Jewish holidays. You know he was fasting, uh, but he would go to school. I think that was more of a 
he's going to school because he's supposed to go to school kind of a thing. Yeah, because then the government will kick down right. his family's house and uh, steal him Even if him. he's not supposed to work. But I just remember him being there in the cafeteria with us, not eating. And I would offer him my food, and he would tell me, oh, I can't. I can't because I'm fasting. And I was like, oh, nobody will know. And then I later on I realized I was basically being the devil because I was was tempting him. But I was just caring about my friend. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I I do remember that and how those holidays are. Yeah. Very sacred and very important to them. Yeah. So when Yom Kippur um, came around in 1973, he built up troop movement. Yeah, he, well, obviously he had built up troop movements and put a lot of his large divisions on the side of um, uh, the Suez Canal where the Israelis had built something called the Barlev Line. And it was a really tall um, wall. It was a really tall wall of sand um, that had like mines, napalm, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, pipes going through it, you know, for defense, to right. repel any like uh, Egyptian, um, you know, crossing. But since uh, Anwar was really great at what's called brinksmanship, um, the Israelis uh, had decided... This is just Anwar being a dumbass again. Right. Yeah. So they didn't do anything. So the attack actually started this time. And since most of the line wasn't prepared for that sort of attack, they were able to quickly get a couple kilometers past the line, which is really what was the important part. And obviously, you know, uh, Anwar had also... So weird thing about the... Egyptian military, and I think this is uh, because of um, Soviet, um, what do you call, uh, what word am I going for, Uh, inspiration, I guess. Um, He created the air defense artillery branch. So like in the United States military, air defense is part of the army. Um, But in Egypt and a couple other countries, uh, air defense is actually its, its own branch. So Egypt has... The Egyptian Army, Navy, Air Force, and Air Defense Artillery. We got they got four separate branches, um, but that that is what brinksmanship is like: talking it up and acting like you're going to go to war, and then seeing and and sort of making the other side back down. Basically, you know that's what brinksmanship is. Gotcha. Um, but you know you run into the issue of um, what if you play it off too much and the other side doesn't give in to your psychological game and responds and actually says well this guy's actually going to attack us and they actually do something you right. know so secretary tillerson doing all this brinksmanship type crap might not work too well in our favor like you told me earlier today you think um, the Supreme Leader is actually crazy enough. Um, uh, he is definitely crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is definitely crazy enough. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I know. So, playing brinksmanship with a crazy guy is like pouring gasoline on a fire. Yeah. And I don't think that is one of the... I don't think that's a safe thing for us to do, to keep... 
talking up this war stuff with them, like they're going to respond. I mean, they're if they think we're we might be close to attacking them, they they might because that's how. Okay, so okay, they they might respond. Because mm-hmm. the way the way I see it is that China is the big brother of North Korea. Uh, so we'll go and we'll talk to China, which I believe he actually has a meeting this week coming up, I think on Tuesday. Um, but we have a meeting with North, with China in which we will probably talk to them about the North Korea situation and what Tillerson said. Now, China is going to have two options here. And China's either going to say, we'll stay out of it or we're not going to stay out of it and we're going to get involved. Yeah. Now, as the, like the way I see it is China looks at North Korea, like the, like the little brother, like the little angry brother. And it's probably the little angry brother that you're like, well, I don't agree with you, but you're my brother. So I'm going to back you up. Or it could be, okay, well, we're tired of your crap little brother. So now you're on your own. So if China decides that the little brother has, you know, wasted all of the good fortune that the older brother can bring and says, you're on your own, the U.S. will go in with the South, with South Korea to fight North Korea. And the supreme leader, crazy, crazy Kim Jong-un, yep. he is going to... Uh, attack and if he finds himself losing i believe he will retaliate with nukes yeah which i remember yeah which i said i don't agree with that part right you said you don't agree with that part but i mean I just, cra- crazy is i don't crazy. know i feel like i i just feel like mad is a really serious thing you know i mean mutually assured destruction is a serious thing but not to a crazy person. but not to a crazy yeah. a crazy person doesn't give yeah. a crap yeah um now if china says no we're gonna back them up we're gonna back them up we're gonna have an issue where we're over there fighting with the south china's gonna be helping the north yeah they're gonna be coming across they're gonna take seoul there's gonna be it was nine million troops i believe they said they had yeah nine million troops will be coming across the border that's some russian shit right there i know that's that i mean that's crazy but at the same time we're gonna have china coming down and taking Taiwan yeah, yep. so that they can get that whole uh, seaboard. Which I think that's none of our fucking business, but anyways. Right, but we do have a treaty with Taiwan mm-hmm. in which we are supposed to help protect them from China. Yeah, I know. I so know. then we will have to be fighting that front as well as this front, and we have a depleted military, and it will take forever to build exactly. A- well, and you know, going back to th- this has to do with the topic. Going back to like Arab-Israeli wars, the nineteen sixty-seven, you know, six-day war was a preemptive strike because um, Gamal Abdel Nasser and a lot of the Egyptian, uh, uh, sorry, a lot of the Arab states were getting ready to uh, strike Israel. And Israel decided that the smartest thing for them to do would be to strike now, like before get with like don't let the guy get uh, his military built up and ready. No, you strike him now. So Egypt actually like when 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 the war kicked off, um, they bombed uh, 
Egyptian uh, uh, Air Force jets on the ground, like on the ground in a lot of the air bases. So Egypt like lost most of its air force within those first few days on the ground. Um, and if I think if uh, North Korea suddenly rushes across the border and we're not ready for it, um, we're, we'd be in pretty big trouble. What, the, what, 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 what are we going to do? Like, uh, we're still in Afghanistan. And most recently, I, I saw that he want, uh, Trump, uh, President Trump wants to put, uh, uh, troops on the ground in Syria. I was like, what? Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I read something short about it, but. Um, we're ev- we're everywhere, you know. Like this is typical libertarian talking points, but dude, we're everywhere. Like, and we're still in Afghanistan. We're in Iraq. Like, what are we gonna do? Like, holy right. crap, man! But here's uh, and my second point being, um, I don't think that China would get involved. Okay, um, and I say that because I like history. And, um, obviously, yeah, <laughs> well, uh, you know, China built, uh, a big ass wall around their country, not to keep Mexicans out or anything, uh, to get Mongols out. They're like the Mexicans, I guess, of that part of the world. Oh my God. <laughs> we don't have any Mongolian friends, do we? No. Thank God. Um, do we have any Mexican friends? What would be, why would we be friends with Mexicans? Oh my God. <laughs> To any of my Hispanic friends that listen to me, <laughs> I am sorry. <laughs> it's a joke, guys. If you can't take a joke, I'm sorry. It is definitely a joke. Anyways, back on point. Um, China built a big-ass wall around their country. And China, historically, is not the type of country that goes around invading other countries or getting into wars with other countries. They've always, 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 always been the ones being invaded by outsiders, you know? Um, you know, you, you've had civil wars and stuff like that, but that's, I don't count those. I'm talking about them invading blah, blah, blah. Right. Mongolia, Russia, Korea, uh, uh, anything, you know? There's just... Ch- I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's the Chinese culture. You know, maybe it's Confucianism. Um, uh, it could be anything. But Chinese people typically are not warmongers. Um, the other thing is um, they're really smart people, man. Um, and economically, they're tied to us uh, pretty well. You know, like a lot of, a lot of people keep romancing about the idea of like war between the United States and China or maybe US Europe NATO and China and I was just like I don't think they would want to put themselves in that situation because I mean economically if we're not, and financially it would be a, it, yeah. it would hurt yeah I mean we we are just as reliant on them as they are on us I don't think they would do that that is my honest opinion and I've always said that, and I don't think China would get involved if we if, if this sort of like showdown happens. 
Um, like I said, the issue again comes down to who the, who the hell is going to end up striking first, you know, and I hope it ain't us. I really do hope it ain't us. Right. And right now I'm not a hundred percent sure it's not going to be us. Yeah. Like if, if anything, but then again, with Kim Jong-un hearing what Tillerson said, he can, could, he could consider that an act of aggression and decide, you know, screw this. We do. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, well, by we, also, I'm talking specifically about, like, conservatives that are always talking about how those Iranian people, uh, they, they chant death to that Satan America, and, and they want to kill us all. And I'm like, okay, so now are you going uh, you, to say anything about what Tillerson said, or no? No. No, probably not. No, that's not. okay. Yeah, it's, that's it's okay when we do it, you know, when right. our guy does it. Um, but I hope, I hope to God that we don't end up getting into war again because yeah. I have 12 days, um, un- for the army to call me back up. And considering I was in the 82nd Airborne, one of the best divisions in the world, <laughs> um, you were in the 82nd. <laughs> Wait, were you on CNN too? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe you know, may, maybe they'll call me up and send me right back to the best brigade. If any other eighty second people are listening, which is first brigade. I mean, we are number one. We are the devils in baggy pants, and um, you know, I'd be in Korea somewhere and dead in a few weeks. Um, I'd... would it be pretty awesome though. To be dead in a few weeks? No, to jump out of the airplane. Oh, that. Yeah, I mean, and the show just probably would not be as entertaining if you're not here. Thanks, man. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we're going to have to move on because we spent a lot more time on that one yeah. than we wanted to. That's good, though. Yeah, no. Yeah. Tell us what you guys think. Uh, yeah, uh, comment. Let us know what you think, and uh, we will... Uh, try to comment back. Yeah. Um, but moving on, uh, President Trump released his 2018 budget this week. And I don't think he understands budget. The word budget does not seem to fit into what he uh, wanted to do. He, Yeah, he, he wants to cut a lot of things. He wants to cut from the EPA, the uh, State Department, International Aid, Agriculture, Labor, Corps of Engineers, Health and Human Services, Commerce, Education, along with other things. Um, one of them is the National Endowment for the Arts. And personally, I yes. get rid of it. Get rid of it. Just get rid of it altogether. Yes, 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 yes. Got the budget fiscal conservatism. I don't, yeah. But he wants to increase defense by 10%. <laughs> Which will increase the amount of money we're spending, and that will send us up over $20 trillion. Yeah, yeah. That's not fiscal conservatism. Yeah. Like, if you want to cut the National Endowment for the Arts, do it. Like, I don't need federal funds going for year in Jesus. Like, I don't care. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, but, you know, by increasing the defense by 10%, which could go into play on they know that we would not win in a ground war against North Korea and China, mm-hmm. so they want to build it they want to build it up. You're actually spending more money this way, and that's not fiscally conservative. It's not. No. No, and and that's what made me laugh when I saw that. And a lot of my fellow Trump supporting friends that I really love 
Haven't seen. I mean, I've seen some people condemn it, but not a lot. Of, not enough. And I'm just like, many of who them, are you fooling? You know, like right. Many many of them I've seen are like, yes, this is the kind of budget we need. In- <laughs> increase defense and cut back on all this stuff we don't need. Yeah, and I'm like, well, that's not fiscally. Like you're still spending more money than you're. Like you have to have the money to spend it. Yep. You can't just. Oh no, it's fine. We're going to take from this and move it to here. Yeah. Well, no, we still don't have that money. That's like using one credit card to pay off another credit card. Yeah, I'm about to sound not like a libertarian, but i got to make this point. Um, That's because you're a Republican. Yep, I am. Real tight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would, you know... I would rather see more money being spent on roads, schools, whatever, than the military. A lot of this money is going to end up going to like more weapons, more research, more bombs, more tanks, more blah, blah, blah. And I remember when I was at the Mises Institute last year, and I was surprised when I heard the no- this number since the 80s, maybe even earlier, um, one-third of all technical professions and professionals fields jobs whatever right were dedicated towards uh military stuff you know whether it's research design oh that goes together right. research <laughs> and design uh research and design and manufacturing uh of war making um the the mil the this this um military industrial complex is a huge, 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 huge drain on our economy and on, um, whatchamacallit, uh, on our economy and on the great minds that we have in this country. Uh, if we spend less on the military, might free up a lot of these tech fields to do other stuff like i don't know building better refrigerators or something right. you know you, you get what i'm saying i do yeah yeah but, you know you know but you know it's it's the uh they can work on guns for clean energy yeah yeah whatever yeah whatever. guns it's the guns versus you know butter argument you know is it, is it are we gonna do war or are we gonna do food sort of thing right um but uh it's it's completely unsustainable and there is really no good reasoning for us ex- increasing our defense spending that much. The no. money doesn't even go to the troops, man. No, it doesn't. It just goes to better arming them. Yeah. Some people, it's so stupid, man. Some people will talk about how, like, oh, during the Obama years, um, servicemen only got uh, the nominal increase in their salaries and it was like one or two percent higher during bushes but that's nothing they don't understand that that servicemen pay is nothing compared to where all this money actually goes which is boeing lockheed martin weapons manufacturers right you know um so basically i don't know who he thinks he's fooling and i don't know who who these other republicans and Supporters of this plan think they're fooling. If you look at it, it's not fiscally conservative. Right. It's if you get if you're gonna end up with one dollar more after your cuts, you're not being fiscally conservative. You didn't cut shit. Right. That's a dollar. Right. No matter what, like you know, you've always seen it. Like 
you, you need to figure out a budget for your house. You figure out how much money you got coming in. You got to figure out, you know, you got to pay uh, rent slash mortgage, whatever, your electric bill, uh, your water bill, gas if you have it, uh, cable bill slash internet bill. Uh, then you got food, gas for your car, car payment, car insurance, uh, Obamacare because, you know, you need that. Otherwise, you're going to get taxed. Um and then after all that, you figure out how much money, if you have any left, you figure out that, and that's your slash your savings slash spending money. Yeah. Yeah. And the U.S. hasn't operated with that in mind. I not in my lifetime. Um, we've just always been. Let's make you know. We'll we'll just spend and we'll make the money back later. We'll uh-huh. you know. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Muhammad was making strange hand gestures at me, and I wasn't sure if he was coming on to me or not. Uh, no, I was hailing a taxi. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was your haircut. Yeah, it's good looking, isn't it? Um, hey, my, my sister just again. got to Florida. Oh, really? Yeah, my little sister's in. Is that town. the one I get to meet? That's the one you get to meet. Oh. Wait, wait, did she fly in or what? She flew in. Yeah, my dad just picked her up from the airport. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So, Your dad's awesome. Right. <laughs> Even though we disagree on, on some stuff. On some stuff. Yeah. You agree on a lot. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I know. All, All right. right. Well, moving on, <laughs> since we've pretty much said everything we can about the budget and you need to have the money in order to spend it. Um, speaking of money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, MSNBC and Rachel Maddow... Pulled a complete Geraldo Rivera with Al Capone's vote, yeah. Al Capone's vault, yeah. uh, this week by releasing Trump's 2005 tax return, in which, according to the debates and many other things, said he didn't pay. Yep. Uh, but then it came out that he made. I can't believe I did not write these numbers down. Oh, it's okay. Uh, he made 128 million dollars one year, mm-hmm. and he paid. Thirty-eight million in yes. taxes. Yeah, yeah, that sounds that sounds it's, right. To it's me. close. It's no, no, no. I think I, I think that's actually right. Meaning, he no, paid, no. It was one fifty and then thirty-eight. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. All right. Meaning he paid roughly twenty-eight percent. Yeah. Of his taxes, or twenty-eight percent of his income in taxes, and Rachel Maddow should have probably looked at this before she said, we're going to be releasing this. Did you happen to see Rand Paul's tweet about it? I didn't, no. Oh, he <laughs> he, um, he uh, called out uh, Bernie Sanders. Called out Bernie Sanders yeah. for his 19%? Yeah, he said, well, if... Or 13%. He, yeah, he, he said... Was 13%. He said, if socialist Bernie Sanders really believes in paying their fair share, I look forward to the news of Bernie uh, depositing... Uh, whatever percentage it was yeah, 15% and i was like oh my god right yeah right so the democrats have been like oh release the tax returns release the tax returns and then even though they were illegally obtained because nobody knows where they came from yes um even though they were illegally obtained his tax return from 2000 granted it is 2005 but still like it's a tax return showing that he's paying taxes at a higher rate than the Democratic Socialist Messiah. Yep. Yep. So Rachel Maddow just had complete egg on her face. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And when when she um, when she had like showed it, you know, it was just like, 
here's uh, the tax return. Right. <laughs> and that was it. Like, there was nothing. It was just like, here's a tax return, and there was, like, nothing shocking. It was actually more shocking. It was, it was shocking the other way. Yes. It yeah. was like, oh, my God, he paid them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it was more than he paid them. He paid a lot. Yeah. He paid more money than I'm going to make in my lifetime that one year. <laughs> uh, Adrian Wiley, who ran for governor uh, here in Florida as a libertarian, posted today probably that, why he lost <laughs> I'm, I'm just joking i love libertarians big l's big l's yeah please don't hate me i joke too much um he posted uh today i think it was today it may have been yesterday i'm not 100 sure but he posted uh donald trump should be a lib or should be a democrat god for funding 15 percent of planned parenthood <laughs> <laughs> well i don't think he i don't I think he has spoken well of Planned Parenthood in the past. Who? Donald Trump. I'd probably, I don't know. That guy goes from one side to the other so quickly. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there you go. Uh, Donald Trump paid a lot more in taxes than people expected. It blew up in Rachel Maddow's face. He's a cool dude. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was pretty much on par with Geraldo... With Geraldo Rivera and Al Capone's vault. Yep. Yeah. Um, and for those of you who don't remember, back in the 80s, uh, Geraldo did this event. It was this huge event where they were going to open Al Capone's vault live on, it was probably CNN, I don't remember. Um, and if CNN was around in the 80s, I don't even know. Of course. Yeah, I think so. Um but they were going to open Al Capone's vault and like they were advertising for it and all these huge things. And then they went and they opened it and there was nothing there <laughs> worth news. Mm-hmm. And it was just this huge blunder as far as marketing and doing live reports. And Rachel Maddow just stepped right in that steaming pile of dog do yep. as well. Yep. Um, moving on. I hate the Eagles. I E A G L E S Eagles. I hate the Eagles. I have a soft spot in my heart for all Philadelphia. That's actually where what my the hell? That we is where really my, not agree on anything. That is where my little sister lives. Oh. And I have been there many times. I have a lot of good friends in Philly. Um my niece and my nephew live there. Obviously, because my sister does. Uh, I've got a lot of good friends in there. I used to go up there a lot. So well, I, I like it now because I like you. So your right. sister's cool. Fuck so it. I do. I do like a lot of things from Philly. Um, but not I like, their politicians. Not their politician. No. 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 But, I mean, that's pretty much politicians from anywhere. Mm-hmm. But Philly this year decided to take a page out of New York's playbook. Failed. Yep. Failed playbook. Yeah. And. Added a sweetened beverage tax that started on January 1st. Yeah, so we didn't hear about this actually until um, we had read the news that they were increasing enforcement of this tax. Like, I didn't even know this was a thing until I saw the news that they were increasing enforcement of the tax. Right. But... So the tax, there was a there was a widely shared photo on social media that showed a receipt for a twelve pack of sixteen point nine. Seriously, why not just go seventeen? Why sixteen point nine? I mean, that's just that's just annoying to me. But sixteen point nine ounce bottles of Propel water, which is artificially sweetened. The receipt says the drinks cost five ninety nine, and the tax. On top of that was three oh four. 
That's like a 50 per, that's over a 50% tax. That is retarded. Right. Yeah, that's that's insane. Not in the pejorative. Right. I mean it is a pejorative. I know, but I don't mean I'm not Right. I'm not You're making not making fun, fun of, of Yes. people. That's yes. the idea. Yeah. Right. I get it. But but but, but our, some of our listeners may not so I have to throw it out there. I get it. Um <laughs> I'm going to be fired from this show soon. <laughs> One day, yeah, that's probably true. Um, I just got to find a better host, or at least a better looking one. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. But that is a that is a fifty percent tax. Like that is absolutely absolutely insane. The price of a two liter Coke is going from a dollar ninety nine to three dollars. Why, dude? I mean the. This makes no sense. Like, because, yeah, oh, well, we're not taxing the people. We're taxing the stores. Or we're ta- <laughs> right, exactly. Right. We're taxing the stores or we're taxing uh, the bottlers or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, make Mexico pay for the wall. Right. Make and Mexico pay for the tariffs wall. up. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's all the same thing. And before the show, you said you wanted to talk about this in particular. Uh, because you had some economic points you wanted to bring up. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. You wanted yeah, to yeah. drop the Mises on them. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's because of... Uh, so there's a great, great, great source that you guys can and should use if you want to learn more from an, from an academic standpoint. And they make really cool videos anywhere really from... like not. Some of the videos are one minute long, but really the bulk of them are anywhere from between three to six minutes. And they're all really educational things, and they talk about everything, um, everything libertarian, really, and free markets, you know? Um, they're not sponsoring us. Like, we're just giving them a shout-out right now. It's called Learn Liberty, which is actually a project of the IHS, the Institute for Humane Studies. And um, I had watched this video, you know? Um, and I didn't really remember the video much until... A few times at the kava bars we hang out at, people would mention how our soda in the States doesn't taste as good as soda from other countries because of the corn, uh, corn syrup. Because corn syrup does not taste as good as real sugar. Pretty much, yeah. And like, for example, Low Tide has, is it Mexican? Mex- Mexican Coke. Mexican Coke. So does, Mexican Coke, yeah. Mexican Sprite, and Mexican Phantom. Yeah. Any different flavors. Come on down. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, first time I had Mexican Coke was at uh, A different kind of bar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, grassroots has a lot of it. Uh, yeah, they've got, the, they've got the Dr. Pepper and the Mountain Dew. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it tastes amazing. Um and people and people don't really know why, and this video explains why. Now, this doesn't directly correlate with this, but it does in the manner of explaining substitutes. Like, if people aren't going to buy this kind of soda, what are they going to buy instead? You know, like, I don't, I don't know yet. We don't know how this is going to affect the market up in Philadelphia when it comes to... Uh, uh, they're they're calling it sweetened beverages. That's the name of the tax, sweetened beverages tax. Which Gatorade is going to be included in that? Yeah, what? But yeah, um, 
whatchamacallit. So it's called, um, it's an economic concept called uh, dispersed costs and concentrated benefits. Now, a couple decades ago, the sugar farmers uh, lobbied the government to protect themselves from sugar producers from other parts of the world, mainly obviously South America. Right. Um, and put quotas on how much sugar we can buy from uh, overseas, you know, imports versus uh, domestics. So Americans pay twice as much as most people when it comes to sugar products. Right. Um, and we pay about $10 per individual in this country, not per taxpayer, just per individual in this country, um, which comes out to a whopping $3 billion. And the idea of dispersed costs is me and you and everybody listening pay $10 over a whole year. No one's going to notice that. Which, which means absolutely nothing yeah, to anybody. Yeah, yeah. no one's going to notice that. Um, but um, the concentrated benefits being the sugar farmers um, in the United States get to keep that money. Um, well, a lot of the, you know, uh, soft drink uh, producers in the country and candy bars, whatever, they have to now pay more for sugar. They use more sugar than we ever will. Right. Um, but when it comes to uh, soft drinks who drink more, um, I'm sorry, drink more, who use more really sugar per, I don't know, uh, product than anybody else, they have to find some, some other way to, to sweeten you know, their products. And they had to use corn syrup. And people wonder why. Are, we don't use sugar any, you know, any longer. Well, that's why, you know, and that, and this comes back. Uh, this comes to two different things. Um, first of all, specialization in trade. It's you. You learn this in macro and microeconomics. Um, if if Matt and I are, you know, Nesukov and Kratom, if I can put out. Um, seven uh, uh, cups of kava an hour and two cups of kratom an hour. And you can do... I was going to say, you're an awful salesman if you're doing that in an hour. Uh-huh. And you can do five cups of kratom an hour and one cup of kava. It would be much, much more smarter if we specialize because if I stop making the kratom, I can now make nine cups of kava, and now you can make seven cups of kratom, for example. So now there's more kava and kratom on the market if we specialize. So if our farmers are not competitive enough on their own to sell sugar, then I'm sorry, they have to go out of business or figure out a better way to stay in business. Right. Um, but what these quotas do is they're there to protect them, and it, sh- it should nobody should get special privileges, and that's really the whole like libertarian message about it. And uh, like I said, we don't know how this is going to affect the market in Philadelphia yet. I don't know, like I can't conceive what what would happen. I've already well, I've already seen it where uh, manufacturers, like the manufacturing jobs, are saying that it's costing them so much because people don't want to buy it, that they're yeah. starting to lay people off. Yeah. 
So it's already starting to, it's only like, it's only been in place for what, two and a half months now ish. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's only been in place for about two and a half months at this point, And people are already starting to lose jobs yeah. and because there's just going to be such a downtick and, and soda sales or Gatorade sales yeah. or whatever, any sweetened drink sales. Um, so it's already going to start affecting the market and it's already going to start increasing the amount of needed jobs yeah. and things of that nature. So like it's already affecting the market after less than 90 days. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I don't like the Eagles or politicians, uh, from Philadelphia, but <laughs> yeah, that's what y'all need to know about this part of the show. Okay. Well, you can not like the Eagles. <laughs> I'm not. A, I'm not like an Eagles fanatic. I yeah. Um, before we go ahead and uh, wrap up this show, um, I did want to throw out um, two quick shout-outs. One of them is for I believe I forgot it already, and I should have had it beside me. Hanger's Coffee. Right. Yeah, it's it's uh, Hangers Coffee in Gulfport, Florida. Yeah, yeah. So Matt's been trying out some of their coffee because they might put it at the shop. Um, yeah, they're 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 awesome, man. Uh, I looked on the back of the package and I saw it was like some kind of dust off fund, which is usually nickname. It's like it's it's a name we use in the military for uh, air medevac, you know. And it was. Um, they started this for a pilot also from Gulfport that um, that died um, in the service. Um, so I just wanted to give them a quick shout out. You know, the, the coffee was amazing. They're Ethiopian. Yeah, I, I've only had the Ethiopian coffee so far. I've got a couple more I need to try. But the Ethiopian one was so like there was no no sugar, no creamer, no nothing. It was so good. Yeah. And that serviceman was Chief Warrant Officer 3, Dallas Knox. Um, thank you for your service and rest in peace, brother. Right. Um, the other shout-out I wanted to give was long overdue, but there are a bunch I mean, of commies. Not long, not long. Oh, come on. They gave us two shout-outs already. It's Okay, so we're two weeks overdue. Okay, fine. Um, there, there are a bunch of commies, and I, ha- I have to do this because they're also our friends. Um, uh, the, my friends, um, Kaysen, Zach, and, um, Adam, they have a show called, you may, not, you may Zach is Zach Kami Chorus, yes, if you Zach have listened to all of our shows. Yeah. Um, their, their show is not political. Uh, they, they actually don't want to make it political, which is really cool. I actually enjoy listening to their show. They do it about a, a, a wide variety of topics. Like the first episode was about AI and how that could affect society. Um, but their podcast is called Across the Aisle. And I mean, I don't remember it why. It's also available on SoundCloud. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I like it. They're brand new. I think they're up to about three episodes now, maybe four. Um, and you guys should definitely, uh, check them out if you want to support like another local cool podcast. Right. They're friends of ours. So I'll give them the due diligence of giving them the uh, shout out. All right. 
Well, that is all that we have for today. As always, I am going to ask you all to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash muddied waters of freedom on Instagram at muddied waters of freedom or on Twitter at muddied underscore waters. Um, yeah, let's do one more show. You got some left? Sweet. All right. We're going to do another one. Thank you, Low Tide Kava Bar, for the kava that we had during this show. Shells up. Bula. Bula. And thank you to all of you out there for listening. We do truly appreciate it. Please like, please share, please tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies. Tell everybody that you meet on the street about the wonderful podcast that is Muddied Water, Muddied Waters of Freedom. Was that when you looked at me like that? Was I supposed to say it with you? No, I, oh. I just kind of blanked for a minute on, <laughs> on the title of our podcast. We're also in Gulfport, Florida, right? Right. We you are, remember that we are in Gulfport, Florida. Yeah, it's, your it's name's March. Matt. Right. Yeah. It's March. I got it. Don't worry. The stroke is over. Um. <laughs> Thank you all very much. We do appreciate it. Um, and please like, share, all that stuff that I've already said. Yep. And remember, guys, where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs>